welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. There's a podcast I listen to, the Kit and Crystal podcast. It's another video games podcast. And I don't know why I wanted to start this way this week, but they were talking about all the games that they're going to like play or um, put on a backlog or skip for the rest of this year. And I was listening to their list and I was like, oh my God, like things like Metal Gear Solid Collection um, are very exciting. Yeah. But also, if you think about it, Robert, that's three games in one. It is. So some games are collections that have multiple games in it, which just makes it even tougher to keep up with things. Isn't that the point of a collection, though? A collection has multiple games in it? It's called a collection. Yeah, it's the it's the point of the collection, but then you want to play all three of them. Like, I definitely want to revisit those games. But then I was listening more and more, and I'm like, there's stuff on here that they're they're like not talking about that i'm interested in for example remnant 2 that comes out like the the day before this episode goes up and that has been getting like straight eights and nines across the board which Mm -hmm. is not what i was expecting from remnant because the first one as we know was just okay it was a good time but it was like there were some Uh, questionable design decisions i think yeah it was fine i didn't i didn't mind it i think it had I think we both saw the potential, though. I think we did see, like, there's potential in this. Not to be a, a major franchise, but at least to be sort of that double-A game that you just pick up just to have, a, like, a fun time with here and there. So what I'm getting is that um, the developers of Remnant 2 maybe learned the right lessons from the first one because it sounds like an incredible game. Mm-hmm. But, like, Pikmin 4 just came out. I'm not playing Pikmin 4 right now because I literally do not have the time for it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm, I'm glad we have this lull between, no, you know, when we're recording this episode and, like... Okay. You don't have the time for <laughs> Pikmin. You were telling me, like, a week ago how, mate, I'm going through all these games just for something to play. But, mate, <laughs> PS Plus dropped all uh-huh. these games. I was get I was going to uh, get to this in a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to get to it in a second. I would have had time for Pikmin 4, sure, but as of this week, that's definitely not the case. So I said, I'm not going to buy it until later. (laughs) It's going on the missing games list. So like I was saying, we got this lull in like in like major releases until armored core comes out in august and then in, i don't think there's anything major in september but then like we've discussed uh, a couple of times on here october is like wild but like they on that podcast were talking about games that are like a lot of indie games a lot of big games but not everything you're wrong about <laughs> september you are absolutely wrong how you are wrong jurassic comes park, out in september jurassic park collection drops in september the pre-orders drop in September. <laughs> I wish it came out September. You still have to pre-order it. I'm going to pre-order it. Yeah, you got to pre-order it. Um, I don't know when the digital version is dropping, but uh, the so... physical edition pre-order is like September 1st, right? Yeah, it was September 1st. I mean, that's something you at least have we to We do buy. got some more... Yeah, we, we do have some more uh, limited red games news to talk about. Um, But yeah, um, 
up until October, it's like fine right now, which gives me time to catch up because I don't know what it is the past couple months, but PS Plus has been just nuts. Like so many things that I have nearly bought a million times have just dropped on PS Plus. Um, as well as like things like T Twisted Metal 1 and 2, which I've been playing. But like World War Z Aftermath, I've almost clicked buy on that game at least 100 times. Mm -hmm. They gave it to us. Uh, I might talk about it this week or next. Um, it's it's really good, but also like it'd be more fun to play with people. Um, they dropped Snow Runner, which is a game I've been wanting to play for literally years. Now, like I waited for the PS5 upgrade, and then when the PS5 upgrade dropped, it's like I don't have time for Snow Runner right now because of all the other games that are. But now it's free, so it's like why not give it a go? Um, on top of like, I got back into uh, Ultimate Alliance Three, which is a whole Pandora's box. Um, I got back into playing Avengers casually to like wind down and that has been like therapeutic um on top of you know doing new game plus in Final Fantasy a Diablo 4 season just launched it's like I'm a little overwhelmed and then all this drops at once and now I'm like can I please just delete some games it's a re it, it's the monkey's paw. It's the monkey's paw <laughs> trick where you wish for something and you get it, but it's not what you expect it to be. It's no, it's there's a you know some some little fine details you didn't really read until you wished it. Look, I think you've probably noticed this with me. When I'm done with a big game and waiting for the next big game, I will do everything in my power to try and not go on to like the ps plus catalog and download a bunch of things or buy a bunch of games on sale for like a couple of dollars and start mm -hmm. you know tinkering around in those games and then just literally dropping them all it's a huge problem i have but uh at least with ps plus it's the once a year subscription fee for me to download like 10 games at once and play them for like half an hour and realize you know what maybe it was probably better that i didn't buy this game when i <laughs> but um pikmin 4 that's something i in intend to pick up at some point but right now it's i'm trying to focus on like ultimate alliance 3 because i did buy the dlc for that um but this week we've got other things to talk about we've actually got a very impressive game to revisit this week through a different set of eyes here on markers on the map the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we're talking about god of war ragnarok again today before we get started my name is daniel and i am here with my good friend and co-host robert to whom the question always remains true how you doing uh fine same old same old nothing really different uh so just fine how about you uh i'm very hot it's been an extremely hot week <laughs> i think that's just everyone's experiencing a very hot and very hot heat wave it's it's too yeah. hot i i sit down yeah i sweat i lay down i sweat it's too hot to do anything i i looked at the uh at the weather on my phone the other day and I just felt like the Tommy Pickles meme where he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been hot. The story of the week is that it's hot. Um, I've been playing a million different things for a little bit of time. But uh, I think I might. So last week when I was editing, I was like, dude, I, I know I said... Watch me forget something crucial about Final Fantasy 16 after uh -huh. I after I had that whole like 
25 minute thing on Final Fantasy 16 last week. Um, not only did I forget one thing, but I forgot like five. So towards the end of the episode, I will rattle off a couple of things that I missed. But I really do want to get your thoughts on God of War because as we know, talking about God of War, um, Ragnarok last year and earlier this year, um, it's I'm a little lukewarm on it. Uh-huh. I'm lukewarm on pacing and the general idea and it's a similar thing as a couple months ago with jedi survivor to where i have some frustrations with the open zone approach Mm -hmm. to things or um not not quite linear but open linear is what we'll call it um i had a friend refer to it as such a -hmm. while back open linear where you have a linear path to go to but you also have little side paths to explore and that can get overwhelming Um, as well as a few other little nitpicky things I have uh, with God of War Ragnarok. But this is your time to to tell us your thoughts on that because we already know kind of how I feel. I've kind of railed on that game a little bit. Um, I don't know how your experience is going with it because I thought we'd go ahead and save it for the podcast. So uh, why don't we take it away with God of War Ragnarok? How do I even start? Oh, I'll start off by saying that obviously no spoilers. Um, sure. Well, we will have an episode where we'll talk about spoilers. I think it has been enough time, but obviously in the sense of I haven't finished it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not giving a final review. This will just be my initial first takes on the game. And some issues, some things that I like. Uh, there's like one pretty big issue I have with it. And overall, I guess my experience so far, it's it's still just like the first one. It's God of War Ragnarok. It's a sequel to the famous God of War 2017 or 18 game. It's fine. It's a it's a fine game. Uh, if you've played the first one, this is no different than that one. It's, it's the sequel to the reboot to that one, and it starts off pretty much a couple years later. Atreus and Kratos are a little, you know, a little older, especially Atreus. He's grown up to be from you know a little boy to a very at least early on like uh young man sort of like his teenage years and stuff like that and without spoiling it atreus is so uh, it's so because i don't want to spoil the first one and it's just like i can't really talk much about plot wise but well we have definitely spoiled the first one on here but we don't have to spoil like the ending or anything but you know well i'll say this as we know he has a a a revelation towards the end of the first one he he is so hung up on what he's learned that he he sort of does a reversal where instead of kratos teaching him or leading to a certain mission or path or journey it's now atreus trying to force his father to follow his mission um that's all i'll give it to because i i don't know there's maybe some people who haven't played the first one they don't know what happens in the first one uh you should play it because it's highly recommended uh i think for you and me this I prefer one, it to the to ragnarok see, honestly you say that but i'm telling you at least for me it's the same gameplay it's the same type of nothing's changed nothing okay actually there is one little tiny thing that i don't well i say little tiny thing um i don't think you've reached it yet um, that I do consider to be a, a better gameplay aspect than the mm-hmm. first one. But I didn't spoil that when I talked about the game, and I will not spoil it here because, to me, it is the best part of the game. Mm-hmm. So I will leave you to discover that one for yourself, and then we can report back on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so now 
Kratos and Atreus are on their new journey, and we'll I'll leave it there, obviously, as the beginning. So, we'll get into gameplay. Like I said, it's just like the first one. The, uh, attack mechanics, shields, uh, parrying, uh, roll, rolling, stuff like that. It's the same, but for me at least, we'll, all right, we'll start with uh, combat feel. The combat's the same. You know, R1's light attack, R2 is heavy attack, square is you'll call upon your uh, buddy, which is Atreus. He, you know, he's your he's your side. Yes, you know, Kratos is sidekick. His son. We'll 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 shoot an arrow from different abilities that you can unlock throughout the game. But standard arrow stuff to stun enemies, slow down stuff like that. And Kratos has his uh, Spartan rage. It's so it's pretty all around the same. But this time, obviously, you start off with two sets of uh, fighting styles. We'll leave it at that. Like I said, I don't want no one who hasn't played the first one yet to notice it, but you you start you know you start off with both. You don't have to reach the halfway point to get them. They're they're there from the get-go. Um, if you want to know if any of the stuff you do in the first game as progression as of life uh, abilities Stuff like that will cross over to this one? No. They even made a joke which I like when games actually like say something that's such a major like plot hole where uh sindri asked kratos hey what happened to all the armor he built him obviously referencing the first game when you build so much armor to make kratos you know pretty uh you know uh defense wise you know pretty good and he gives a good enough a, a reason why he doesn't have it he used it he pretty much used it and breaks it so you're starting off square one there is no like if you've played the first one all the way through and you've beaten like the bosses and you've done all the side stuff, you get something in this game. At least for me, there's pretty much nothing. I will say I didn't finish the side stuff in the first one, but yeah, you get nothing. Yeah, My- it, it kind of feels like they did the the Metroid thing where oh, Samus loses like she starts from the regular like power suit in the beginning of the game yeah. and very in gravity as it goes on whereas jedi survivor subverted this by having you actually keep the powers that you got at the end of um fallen order so mm-hmm. it's interesting to see god of war go this route when you know i mean it, it doesn't in some aspects for example those fighting stances you were talking about mm-hmm. those are retained but it's yeah. the armor it's like okay you're not starting out with the best armor in this you're gonna have to rebuild your kratos yeah and that's sort of the majority of it it's the same it's not that this game was meant to be a, a an amazing different type of sequel like how the the first one was it is a you know straight up sequel that's fine you don't need to have everything so much different if it's continuing a one big story it doesn't need to be entirely different from the first one my biggest issue with this one i feel like i didn't have with the first one it's the actual npcs hordes of enemies that are around yes they bring back the the danger system of the arrow behind kratos to indicate when an enemy is gonna strike behind you with flashing red lights but i feel like no matter how much i press circle to dodge kratos always manages to get hit no matter what i'm doing and it's so bad to where i honestly do not use the default fighting style like i said we'll leave it at that that you get from the first game if you know what i'm talking about i use the second one yes because it controls hordes of enemies much more and honestly even though 
the first one it seems like you can upgrade more and it has more potential the second one is just more convenient and i feel like i still do more damage and i'm just so used to it at this point which is my issue where yes there's two styles but one seems very overpowered than the other at least for me because no matter how much i press circle to get out of an enemy's you know uh, uh, attack it just seems like there's multiple of them always coming at you and not of the same enemy type it could be a flying projectile throwing enemy that throws a poison or something at you that slows you down or slowly damages you to also having some on the ground enemies that will come with you know their weapons swinging at you and no matter how many times i seem to try to go away i manage to get hit by something and it frustrates me because i have this entire life bar which I've said in the first time we talked about this, I didn't actually upgrade my health that much in the first game. This one, I feel like I'm, I'm way wrapping up my health and having a much bigger health bar, but I lose so much just from so many enemies coming at me at once, and I try to dodge. I try to shield, circle, no matter what. I just somehow to get to where I'm so low health, and I'm now like being like having to put so much focus, even though it's on the standard difficulty. And that's weird because... If it's standard, it should be fair, and I'm trying everything I'm trying to do to avoid this, and it's just not fair when enemies, especially different types, do different things, and I somehow manage to get damage. So I also gravitated towards the fighting, you know, towards the thing you're talking about yeah. using. Um, well, how about we differentiate it between, like, a Yakuza, like, red style, blue style, and yeah, that right. to the... Like I said, so red i always yeah. used red because yes. of those crowd control capabilities it does have that spinning attack that really helps yes um i found playing this though similar frustrations with dodging and such and i don't know if it's because a button was different from 2018 or the camera had changed in mm. some like specific way but i found it much harder to you know, weave my way through enemies in this one to where I did default to those that spinning yeah. red move, um, like the majority of the time. Yeah. Um, not to talk about like that was where I was pumping all the resources and upgrade points and everything into into that particular skill tree for that particular stance. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to keep pretty much everything balanced, but I favored red style more than the blue style, and it's just. It, so now I feel like it's not just me that's having an issue with like this crowd control, especially different enemy types, especially when some enemies are much more difficult to to sort of, you know, get. And especially that for this one, there's this one mini sort of side quest boss that you at a certain point you reach. Let's just say a certain talking feathery friend is guiding you to an area and then there's this like pit where this enemy type comes out and, you, and they ask for you for to destroy obviously if you know which part i'm talking about uh you you know it's sort of like i've tried so many times to standardly defeat this enemy because it seems like wow I'll, if they throw it here it seems like i should be able to defeat it i cannot and it, in the sense of the enemies won't stop giving attacks it's not like a fair you know try enemies will just keep on pushing and pushing and like i said yes if the dodging and blocking were well done and it didn't feel like such a big difference from the first one it'd be fine but there's so many times where i genuinely will get to a certain crowd have to fight and i'm done then i'll get to a next part 
where it could be just one really strong enemy, but because I don't have much health because of how much crowd control I had to do, it frustrates me to where I lose every single fight until at one point I get lucky enough to advance on. And that happens a so lot. So I wonder if that's a one. conscious choice then based on like, oh, have you played the first one and are you expected to deal with more numerous groups of enemies? And coupling that with like the more frequent encounter rate, you've done a mission early on where they return to a location that they mm-hmm. were in the first one, except it's a little bit different. And I feel like that was such a long segment drawn mm-hmm. out by just endless combat like some of the segments in this game are entirely too long i think for for what they should be i Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just me having a personal gripe about it but like Uh the combat comes very frequently and it's not always as exciting as it was in the first game it's just for me i at least like i said from what you're describing with me as well i'm not the only one that's having like just this weird like difficulty spike with enemies i think that i've died more times in this one than i did with the first one and that's i had to lower the difficulty i was sick of it at a point (laughs) for me like i said i'm even like upgrading my health way more frequent and i'm and it's just like i don't see a use for blue style i see more use in the red style even though it seems like red is not meant to be the primary it genuinely Uh should be because it can take out crowds of enemies and whole and at least make it bearable but there's still some points where an enemy seems like an unfair placement and even though i'm trying to upgrade my armor it still is just not enough it's still just too much and i don't know it's because the game exp- here's the thing god of war this is even with the first one too i didn't like about it is where when they have those chests where you use to get upgrades for your you know yeah. health and spartan rage they expect you to go back, but when you're just in the flow of playing the game and going through the story mode, it kind of breaks the whole storyline when you just, oh yeah, let me go get that back. I have to go all the way back to a certain chest the that I remember. The fast travel in this in. one is very unintuitive too. Like yeah. it, it is probably my least favorite implementation of fast travel in a, in a modern video game. It's it's cumbersome to fast travel in in God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, it, and so that's my problem with the combat system. I can go on, but it's just kind of doing the. It just come. It's like I can keep adding on, but at the end of the day, the main message is it seems to be more difficult than it is in the first one, and there seems to be an unfair amount of enemies coming at you at once, where one weapon style seems better, much more appealing than another. That's that's an issue yeah. I have. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. Now, how do you feel about the open linear aspect of it then? Because this was not a huge thing in um, the first one where you have the critical story path in front of you. And like you've had that part in the beginning where you're on you're with the, 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 the dogs on the snow area and there are different little mini areas you can go explore and find upgrade materials and stuff like that. And there are a couple of bigger zones and like that in this game um, that like some of them have very meaningful side content in it i don't know how you feel about that but i felt like it much like jedi survivor except jedi survivor like definitely does it on a huge massive scale that is anxiety inducing but like i appreciated the linear like simplicity of the first one to Mm. to the more open zones that this one that ragnarok had Mm -hmm. so 
it's fine. I don't mind it. I, I honestly kind of do like just kind of going around looking and trying to find things. Like I said, it seems to be much easier than it was in the first one. Uh, the first one seems to have a lot of, oh, just come back later and you can open this thing. But this one does still have a couple of those. There's like two in my the back of my mind that I can really think of. But I'm like, I'm never going to go back. I'm never going to go back to the area. Once, like, maybe I finish the game, I'll do some side stuff. But if it's the side quest is nowhere near that chest, I'm never going to go back and get it. And yeah. it's, and that's just like I said, that's just another issue for me at least. I see it as a personal. It's, it's like this one has a lot more Lake of Nine style areas where oh, I can go around this big area in a boat and get off in different places, or I can go around on the dogs and get off on, on in yeah. different parts of the snow. Yeah. So it, I don't, I don't find it as an issue. Um, maybe what you said about the story sort of dragging on, it should have been cut short. I think. Obviously, speaking to where I'm at, I might be a third through it, maybe a quarter way through it. Who knows? Obviously, I I'll think know you're a little think. further than a third. So, if that's the case, I think this game should have been a three-parter. I know that this is a two-parter. Yeah. I There's know at that least this... two things I can think of that you've done already that I think could have been cut by an hour each. Here, here's um, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> is I don't think so. I think the pacing is fine. I just think... Now that I know I might be more than half, like probably fourth, you know, 40% through, almost halfway through, it seems like they're going to, I feel like at where, where I'm at, they're going to just brrr, fast pace through the end. And it's just like, this could have just been a third parter. Or like I said, why, when your, your, you know, view of it is correct, where, well, instead of having such a long drawn out of this portion, cut this an hour and now you have an extra two hours from those two things you could have cut an hour off to add to the end end part because nothing is more disappointing than having so much build up but then that the third act the final act could just be boom and done it's just there's no big part where you can take your time and finally understand the story and the big climax to it to where you can feel fulfilled that you know most things maybe are answered or stuff like that so if that's the case it might have been like it should have just been a two-parter instead of ha or like I said, don't have certain parts drag on for so long and and yeah. you could just cut it down and it could have been done. Uh, the it, part it's not gonna make sense since you've not finished it yet. But in my opinion, neither of those things could really fix the issues with it, like cutting things or you know extending other things. It it really seems like the choices that are made don't allow like. I know it doesn't make sense not knowing the story, but like, it, it, it definitely should have been a three-parter mm -hmm. if I was in charge of the story. But the story they are telling, uh, like, can be you know achieved. It, it's just I didn't like the execution of certain things. Not yeah. not everything, but like certain things are amazing. You are close, I think, to probably my favorite part of the game, um, if I remember correctly. But certain things later on and certain things that you've done already were... I'm, I'm very mixed on them. Yeah. Obviously, whenever we do spoilers on God of War, it'll be a field day. <laughs> yeah, we... Like I said, I'm whatever, whatever percentage I'm at, I'll get to it. Um, I'm at least putting now at least, like, at least two hours a day in on it, you know? Huh. I'll do other things. I'll do other hobbies I have, but I'm at least trying to put at least two hours a day at least. Maybe come back, do another hour or so. So we'll see. But seems to be like I said, what's taking me so long is just how difficult some of the enemy battles are and how yeah, I, it's I the harder like game for sure. I'm restarting way more than I was in the first one, and I guess another one. 
I have, and you know it, because you hear it all the time. There's a certain word that they're saying that it just kind of feels like they've used it too much. And they everyone seems to have to say this word. And I'm not obviously going to say it, but it just seems like they use it too much. Is it a name? No. It's a it's it's a it's a it's a a, a not a, a very not nice word that they seem to use all the time. Like Mimir uses it, Brock uses it. Everyone seems to use this word. Oh, it's like yeah. a, it's a you know, it just it's like, doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't just, fit that. I know. <laughs> it, it and it kind of throws it's me off. It's like maybe if they if they said it here and so, it would have been fine. But it seems like everyone just uses it, and it kind of it's just, a very Hollywood movie take on yes. Norse mythology. It's, it's it's very it's an it's a mar it's the Marvel cinema. This has been this is not me coming up with an original idea here. This has been likened to a Marvel movie many times. Yeah, it's so it's like they keep using this word to bring I don't know shock value or to like to show that. But I yeah. think they could have. It's usually mostly that. Brock. <laughs> yes, but it's just a lot of people seem to use it as just not him too. I've noticed it a lot. I'm like, bro, it's too much. It's too much, especially. Especially the like time period they're meant to be in, and sort of the era and mythology they're trying to go off. I don't know if that word was even probably around that time. I think is yeah probably was made in like seventeen hundreds, maybe like around. I don't know. It feels like that word wasn't as used as much as they should be using it. And it th- and what I'm saying, it throws me off. I'm like, it kind of just okay. This game's meant to be meant to be very historically accurate. With the mythology, like how it was with the original franchise, because well, this were... is meant to be a very serious game. Yeah, but then they throw this word, which makes it very unserious. And it, it's not that yeah. using it is unserious; it's using it too much throws everything off. Because like I just heard this two sentences ago, or I've heard it from a different character. Now this character is yeah. using it, and this, so it's it's just like see, it... that's not something I thought about when I played it. But now that you're pu- you're putting it into perspective for me, that's why it's important to have two two opinions yeah. on something and like now, said, I'm like now i'm seeing it yeah thinking back to the game it's like they use it so much i'm just like bro this is throwing me off so much and it's like you use it very lenient don't use it every time just maybe one character does use it a lot but don't make him also say it so much we're like but like i said it's not just one character it's a lot of characters that use this word and it's just yeah. kind of like i get it it's an adult game but oh it's a mature rated game but uh, yeah. I don't think a lot, at least, especially you and me, that word is not even honestly used ever. Very, very, it's like, it's just, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like they first figured out what the word is and now they want to use it for every sentence. Yeah. So it just, it's just, it like feels said, a little, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it throws me off so much, but that's just like a one thing I figured, like I at least, uh, noticed. Well, look, in your progress so far, just before you go on to your next point, in your progress so far, because this just popped into my head, you have definitely done what I consider to be the low point of the game. Uh So there's nothing that's going to be as low as the point. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. It's about a two-hour segment. Um with with a new character that that yeah. really just drags on. I'm I not agree. saying that what they're talking about isn't interesting. It's the lore is incredible. It's amazing. Some of the best lore ever. But the the, the execution is is what I'm talking about. What what, drag, what what dragged on? What dragged on was having to get on a certain animal and collect a certain thing for too yes, too long. Yes, yes, that's it what I'm telling you. Too I, long. That is the that is the low point of the game. And there's, there's <laughs> see, I knew it. You know exactly what I'm talking. When about. When you get to spoilers, 
episode will talk about especially a certain thing that's that is told in that story which i like i was like i'm so over that i hate that so much like i hate that like we'll get to spoiler but besides you know standard combat you know difficulty how it is from the first one and this one and maybe you know certain things i guess that will be like dialogue that i've noticed how much they use a certain thing or not other than that besides that so far obviously you can't get into much spoiler territory it's still the same as the first one but we do have it's a mechanically well done game it's very well made and crafted but it's so like why is it so difficult compared to the first one and it's just like that that that's my biggest issue with it where it's like i'm resetting way more at a checkpoint in this one than I ever did in the first one. And I feel like yeah. I had way less health, because I'm telling you, I probably had way less health than I should have had, because I've seen people's, like, oh, beating the final part of the boss in in the first game, and I look at their health bar, I'm like, wow, my health bar was way too low for that part, and I still managed to, to go through with it. Um, we'll, we'll get to a spoiler episode. Uh, I'll probably finish it uh, at pretty I'll probably have to soon. replay it to refresh something i think if you replay it's gonna hardly remember it's gonna take way too long i think you just watch videos and just kind of freshen up your memory on it yeah i think playing through it will take Um, another while to to get on it but um plus with everything else as we discussed at mm -hmm. the top here um (laughs) Um, i was gonna say though um in concerns of difficulty i remember playing on standard you know give me not like give me whatever give me regular mode or something on the first one um (laughs) yeah and i didn't have to change the difficulty until i was doing trophy cleanup at the end and fighting Mm -hmm. off like the secret bosses and stuff Uh like that but in this one i found myself going down all the way to give me story just to get through it because it's a combination of the overwhelming amount of combat encounters this one seems to have on top of the story dragging and you know it, it it's like they took all the good things about the first one and made everything more, which mm. I think is a problem with AAA games in general. Not the idea that you're making something worse. You're just making more of something. Yeah. And that is not always the best way to go. We see it in open world games. We see it in Ubisoft games um, like Far Cry 6 that is just overwhelmingly more of the same stuff over and over and over again. And a lot of times, that's unfortunately what Ragnarok felt like to me. More mm doing this puzzle with the arrows more doing this chest that you have to hit three things for the nornier chests and then more combat encounters overall while the combat felt a little clunkier in the regards to dodging and shielding and stuff like that i think from so far i got to the major things i wanted to talk about uh we'll definitely come back and talk more about the spoiler stuff obviously when we fully play through it or at least i fully play through it um yeah, off the scene, trying to remember if there's anything else I really need to, like, bring well, up. Well, I will tell you, in terms of not spoiling plot, my favorite scene from the game does happen, like, ten minutes in. Um, mm-hmm. You know the one. It's yeah. incredible how they did that, and, like, my jaw was literally on the floor um, for bringing out a, a certain someone very early. Um, but that certain someone is, a, like, the way they did certain characters in this game is really good writing um a really good portrayal of of certain you know enemy characters that i mm. that i appreciated um 
that that I think is a high point for me. Um, a particular character that shows up in the beginning, very very well written. Hard not to spoil this one. <laughs> I think the one thing that I could also maybe bring up is how much of the first one had sort of this Kratos is now and you know he has his own son and it's his own child and how much that first one really showed that Kratos can still learn even at this age you know maybe from his son can teach him a thing or two where this one it just seems like that was sort of thrown out the window I don't know it seems like Kratos is now back to keep, keep playing this is very much a story of two people with a bigger thing happening in the background, I think. I think, I think it's definitely the story of two people, but in the story of, like, they both want extremely different things, but one outcome yeah. is more preferable than the other. And yeah. one just seems not to really understand, and they just always fight through and through. And I'll just leave it at that. They're, they're not well like what it boils down to is similar to that one uh character in borderlands 3 where there is a younger character that is acting out against you know the world like god of war ragnarok's central themes and story aren't doing anything that we haven't seen before it's just more or less the backdrop the fact that this is kratos that makes it more unique or at least more interesting than other portrayals of like a rebellious uh teenager stuff like that i think it's sort of more or less of kratos is seeing certain things happen again and he's just like please don't do it i've been through that because i was that yes yes don't 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 follow the path that that he did in you know the original trilogy but i also think it could be because kratos can't is still not willing to open up much but at the same time Kratos' past, if you play the original trilogy, is something not to really be wanting to know. It's so much that he went through that it yeah. is much better just to take his word on it and just not ask questions. But people really, at least in his life, he will not understand it until they know his story because far and few know his story. But yeah. other than that... Hey, man, don't you just love when you're rowing on the boat and Mimir's just telling you stories? I love those. <laughs> I love that they brought that over from the first one. I just, I don't know, Mabir is so cool. He's just sitting there telling you tales about characters you'll never meet. I don't know. Something about that just, like, always, I don't know I if you're being sarcastic <laughs> or you're being serious. I cannot tell. No, I'm being serious. Okay. I, I'm telling you. I love Mabir's stories. Okay, I don't <laughs> it's know. so cool. If, I don't know if being sarcastic or what. But other than that, I think as so far, this is still initial first take. I will give it a final review later on. Uh, you never know. The game could 100% 180 and be... A puzzle, a puzzle Tetris game later on. I don't know because I obviously need to finish it. But that's just. I'm telling you, the coolest on. change to something is going to happen soon, and you will probably love it. I don't know. I loved it probably because I just think the concept of it is so cool. So like, just brace yourself for that. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll leave the yeah. first taste of god of war review on there we'll we'll move on mm. to whatever we have a little morsel on. little 30 minute morsel yeah we'll, we will continue <laughs> like, on to the rest that we're talking about um so yeah ragnarok i i'm viewing some things in a more positive light after hearing you talk about them and mm-hmm. some things i'm like still feeling you know a, a bit negative towards the game uh-huh. it's definitely not the game i was expecting it to be um, I expect plot it to and still be this way. Wise. I still expect it to be like well, this. like some of the gameplay changes for better, some for worse. But plot wise is definitely like 
I don't know if I liked the direction that mm. they went, but I feel like it's the direction that they wrote themselves to go, if mm-hmm. that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I get but you. we're not doing spoilers this Yeah, I week. get you. <laughs> um, so I said I forgot a few things about Final Fantasy sixteen, and these are little bullet points because we do have some news to get to. Um, so I have a list here. Things I forgot about Final Fantasy sixteen. So, I remember complaining about it being very dark in the level they chose to um, show the combat off with, with the demo. This is a lot of levels. A lot of the stages in this game are very dark, and I don't know if that's to highlight the just particle effects and lighting effects of the powers, but bright- changing the brightness doesn't really help to the point where I was, like, closing the blinds in the room I played this game in just mm-hmm. so I could see... Um, you know, six or seven of the levels take place in very dark areas, like mm-hmm. buildings with very low light, and the light that Clive, you know, brings out with the Phoenix's power doesn't really do much to mitigate that darkness. Um, so if I was going to choose a low point of Final Fantasy sixteen, it would be that sometimes I would prefer to have better vis- visibility in the levels. Mm-hmm. Um, another point I had, Limit Break. It is the Final Fantasy 16 version of Devil May Cry Devil Trigger or God of War Spartan Rage. Basically anything where you click L3, R3 down to activate a power boost. However, in Final Fantasy 16, it is extremely, like, it charges up so fast to where you can literally use it every enemy encounter pretty much if you wanted to. So I really appreciated that because in things like DMC and God of War... It, it charges very slow. It's more of a, like a, a reward, where is in Final Fantasy 16, it mm-hmm. feels more like a central mechanic that is important to utilize, especially when enemies are staggered. Mm-hmm. Um, signs of trust is another thing. Now, this is more of a funny thing. It seems like every town you go to in Final Fantasy 16, there's a character that says, I'm giving you this thing to wear, like consider it to be like a necklace or a patch or something he'd just stick on your clothes that is a picture of something mm-hmm. like... Like a, a moon or something. And then everybody in that town will be like, oh, you're wearing the moon. Oh, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to be nice to you because this person gave you that patch or that necklace to wear. I found that to be extremely funny because this happens like 10 or more times. It doesn't like actually show it on your character. But I'm like, Clive's probably just walking around with all these patches on his clothes. And somebody just looks at his clothes and says, oh, you're wearing the star right here. I'm going to be nice to you because this person said, you're pretty cool. Uh (laughs) It's just so much. Like, it happens all the time. It's just like, you got this thing. You got that thing. And then I was like, here, quick, take this. If you wear this sword crest on your on your armor, everybody in town will think you're pretty chill. Because, so, like, you've got people that are so hostile towards you. But as soon as you're wearing this town's emblem, everybody's all like, oh, you're wearing this? I better talk to you. You might be able to help me out. Um, okay. So I just found that to be like, I mean, it's definitely, like, immersion breaking, but yeah. it's so funny. And I can't believe I forgot to talk about it um, last week because that was, like, the main thing I wanted to, to bring up, mm-hmm. actually. Um uh, two other things, arcade mode and stage replay. Arcade mode lets you replay the stages with fixed gear and level, and it will let you like upload to leaderboards. So it'll it'll give everybody the same exact loadout of weapons and, and gear. I think you can change the special attacks, but it's like you're going for a score and you're going for rankings in your typical platinum games sense. Um, and then stage replay will let you replay a stage with cutscenes at your current level mm-hmm. while the um 
while the enemies remain at the stage or the level that they were when you initially did it this is good for doing things like replaying boss battles which i've done a few times um over the past week and then chronolith trials and monster hunts i did touch on a little last week but um, monster hunts are what they sound like you have a little board that tells you where something is you go fight a powerful enemy um, and these are one-time only spawns, and they're usually very challenging. And then the Chronolith Trials are a little like DMC's Bloody Palace, where you have a trial based around one icon's power. So you can only use the powers of one icon per the seven Chronolith Trials, and you've got an extremely challenging you know, time limit to work with as you go through a wave of... It seems like there's six waves and then a boss, so that's like divided into chapters stuff like that um ultimately very difficult and something that like it, it was worth pulling out the the auto combo ring and auto dodge ring for because mm -hmm. i certainly wasn't going to take the time to like master these so that's the last little couple things i wanted to talk about about final fantasy 16 i think i'm pretty much done with the game uh -huh. i might finish final fantasy mode i'm not in any rush to get the platinum because even final like final fantasy mode everything has so much health that even uh -huh. when you have you know the the auto combo and auto dodge on battles are still taking like i mean there's a boss that took 40 minutes on replay mm -hmm. and i was like 20 levels higher than i needed to be so on, on normal mode so it, it's a long game um anyway then on to Pokemon Drip, black and white. Yeah. The third gym leader of Pokemon Black and White is Berg. He's a bug-type gym leader. Um, he's got a green shirt, his red common mm. Rider scarf. He's got those black, red, and green pants. And, you know, the, the green and red it's, shoes with the black socks. It's very themed. Here, it's... I like the pants. I like the this, pants are very cool. I like the style of the shoes, but the shoes should have been a different color or one solid color. They're too matchy with the pants, especially with the sh like. You got such you know broad and like very out there pants, and you have shoes that are also like that. But the shirt is just a singular one color thing. I think the shirt should have been different, and the shoes should have either been one solid color or should have just been one solid color. They're too matchy with the pants for my taste other than that it's fine i do see there's some style in this there's style to be seen in here i just think the shoes like i like the style of the shoes and i like the pants but the socks are fine i just think the pants, shoes should have been a solid color of one type not just like this multi stuff like the pants uh the yeah. shirt could have been very different too or the long sleeve sweater whatever it may be he has a he has a butterfly belt buckle which goes I along like with the bug theme but also right it reminds me a lot of jolene cujo like which is pretty cool um the <laughs> I'm, hair i'm liking the scarf fashion. like i like the scarf yeah I, I, oh like other than maybe a few pointers here and there but overall it does have style it is a style that he is going for and I can at least appreciate that they're trying a style that they feel comfortable in, at least drawing whoever, whoever designed it, but also the character itself, the idea of them wanting to style themselves. So I, I like it. I I, I would yeah. give it like a three. It's it's up there. It's Very, pretty good. It does scream bug type, and I was going to say a 3.5 Badoof yeah, like for I myself. Give it a five. three. Um, seems so far like the black and white is a little more stylish than the Diamond and Pearl, um, which, in, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, Diamond and Pearl was a yeah. great game one of my favorites but the gym leaders were not like the drippiest gym leaders they could have been mm -hmm. um black and white is here to remedy that um anyway on to the news so 
the Borderlands movie got mm. announced. I forgot that was so long ago. I forgot. So long ago. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, we've not had a trailer or anything with this game. Well, as of yesterday, before we recorded this episode, we have a release date of August 9th, 2024. So it's right. still over a year away at this point. Um, please be good, is all I'm saying. Like, for it's, all the it, time this has been in development, please be good. <laughs> as long as it's just like Mad Max, I think it should be fine. Other than that, yeah, it could it could be here. That 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 video game curse thing is I don't think around anymore. I think after Sonic Sonic Two, the Mario movie, and I think something else came out recently, or at least. Well, I saw a new trailer for Gran Turismo today. <laughs> actually, <laughs> that one. Tra- I don't know how that one's gonna go. Like, I don't know if it's just but, the trailers that aren't doing it for me, or at, if the movie's actually gonna be great. See, like, I'm interested in the reaction to look, that. It is a, a movie tie-in thing, but at the end of the day, it's a it's a car movie. There's no yeah. character in Gran Turismo. The character is the car, so it's still a it's like a car thing. But I guess yeah. doesn't really matter because Need for Speed was out a couple of years back, and that didn't do so well. So I guess it, just because it's there might be some I don't know, uh, car movies it could be here and there. Uh, but w- we'll see. But this one's like a true story deal. So I, we'll I'm see. just wondering if the because tra- I'm not like in the vibe from the trailers so maybe no. it's one like we've we've had many cases where trailers don't sell a movie but then invisible you see man. the movie and you're like you know what yeah invisible man uh get out um both movies had like like trailers where it's like oh i don't know about this and then you go and watch the movie you're like oh man this is like the best thing ever mm-hmm. um two examples i could just think of off the top of my head um so yeah borderlands movie though Mm -hmm. um august 9th 2024 if it doesn't get delayed because of you know hollywood striking right now um which like is important so Mm -hmm. if they have to delay borderlands movie because of the strike then delay the borderlands movie because of the strike that strike is important now spider-man 2 brand new trailer from comic-con a story Mm -hmm. trailer Showed us new looks for Miles, for Mary Jane, the reveal uh-huh. of Harry Osborn, a lot of implications from the trailer. We got the first look at Venom in motion. Mm-hmm. Really hyped for this. Uh, like, what a great trailer. <laughs> I like Venom. Venom is one of my favorite uh, sort of antagonists because he's not really a villain, I would say. He's more of an anti-hero. Yeah. He's only he's a, a villain to Spider-Man. That most people just love. Yeah, like. He- how can you not like Venom? Yeah, it's sort of this thing where he's only a villain to Spider-Man. To other people, he's an ally. And to some people, he's just whatever. He's more... He's just an antagonist. Uh, I've had yeah. this talk with someone where it's like... Sometimes the antagonist is not a hero. And sometimes the protagonist is also... like It's like, or how, it's like the antagonist can also could be the hero and the protagonist could be the villain. It, it's just it, depending yeah. on how you see the, the views of certain characters. So it, that looks good. They also revealed a... Limited edition PS5 console, Spider-Man 2 themed, mm-hmm. um, and controller. But the cool thing is that if you already have a PS5, you can purchase the faceplate separately as well as purchase the controller separately. I really want that controller. It's got like it's kind of red with the symbiote like black taking over the controller, almost mm-hmm. making the whole thing black. It's a very cool look, and I'm glad that with the PS5, they have the capability of releasing your quote-unquote limited edition console as an accessories kit, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Because, like, you know, there's already colored faceplates and everything, but to be able to get the limited edition, like, stuff, like, hopefully it's not too expensive. Like, I feel like we know how much it'll be based on the other ones, um, but at least it's not like you're buying a $500, you know, box console, yeah. once again. 
And I think the last thing we'll talk about real quick this week, and we'll probably touch on the rest of Limited Run's announcements um, soonish because those are all still way off, and those are just little like filler things we can mm-hmm. put in the news. Um, Activision Blizzard King. Now, the Microsoft deal still hasn't gone through yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's close because of developments recently, but I believe I read that they have signed like a 10-year deal for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation. Uh, so if we don't get anything else on PlayStation, there will still at least be Call of Duty. It's one of those things where I will at least maybe give... Uh, I can see Microsoft just being a publishing studio in the future. Uh, I don't know. Instead it, of having a box of their own? Yeah. Well, it, it would make it... Mm. Here's the thing. I don't think they'll go as hard on the console, but I do think they may still release something like how like they have the series... Uh, the, the, the Xbox Series S, the little one. Like They'll release stuff like yeah. that. I, yeah. I can see them still doing stuff like that because they're really pushing Game Pass. But... The more and more they acquire studios, I, it just seems like the more and more they want to just publish games at this point. At least the way I see it. That's how I view it. To me, the the reasoning I have for thinking that they might not always be in the console business is that their like, rate of releasing exclusives is so low nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, this year, I think the first party game is Forza, and I'm struggling to think of another... like first party microsoft studios game um of course you've got you know heavy hitters like fable but i don't think fable's coming out next year even Mm -hmm. let alone you know um starfield obviously bethesda developed um microsoft and bethesda games published um is a big deal that's coming out in a few months here um and it probably won't get delayed again but it, it just seems like yeah um I don't know if they'll always be in the console market. We're not doomsday forecasting for no, yeah. you know Microsoft being out it's, of the console market here or anything. But I've always thought like their rate of first party or ex- or even console exclusive games is like so minuscule compared to uh, PS5 or Switch for that mm-hmm. matter. I think Nintendo releases the most consistent number of first party games a year, um, probably because they're smaller, they're easier to work with. The way I see it is. For every Microsoft quote-unquote exclusive, it will release day one with PC. For every Sony exclusive, it is not even guaranteed it will be released on PC at all. It, it will just seem yeah, the future. Yeah, Demon's Souls will. hasn't been on PC yet. Yeah, or Bloodborne. But that's like the only one. Or Bloodborne, yeah. It sounds like um, there's some but the stuff PC that... thing, I think, is a new development with like more of the more recent games. Yeah, but I think Bloodborne. What... I still think Bloodborne's probably going to get a remake, which is why the I don't know. That's well, just me hopeful that's thinking. That's why I see like. <laughs> It, everything xbox released day one with pc that's why it doesn't feel that yeah. much like an exclusive yeah starfield is of course coming to pc and that might be the preferred place to play it i'm probably mm-hmm. i'm certain you could probably get 60 frames out of starfield on pc but but that's who knows <laughs> but that's besides the point that's a that's besides the point anyway robert would you say for this week we have done an episode yeah that's her pretty much wrap up this week all right as always we want to thank you guys so much for listening please follow us on our twitter and markers on the map and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a five-star rating and review, download an episode, and subscribe. We are also on Google Podcasts and Spotify. And we do like to end every episode with a famous video game quote. And this week's quote is, You know, Willie, we really are the produce. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later. <laughs>